Welcome, this is Richard McCann and this is the I Can Podcast and this is episode number three. Of course, I would highly recommend that you tune in and listen to episode number one, but in particular number two, because there are some incredible things in there that I am not even going to mention now, but they're quite spooky. I might touch on them as we continue with this podcast, but uh, I'll let you listen at your leisure. So what have we got for you today? Well, we've got I Can Share, we've got I Can Speak, and also I've got I Can Announce. I was slipped over, slipped over my words there, and I speak for a living, nevertheless. Uh, you're here, so let's get on with the show. But before we do, let's, as always, listen to a few seconds of this wonderful theme tune, which is definitely staying with me. Um, so, so thank you for being with us, and wherever you are on the planet, I absolutely love the fact that people are listening to these words of wisdom. I'm not quite sure if they are words of wisdom. Maybe you're just bored and you like to hear the sound of a Yorkshire voice. They do say that a Yorkshire voice, or a Yorkshire accent at least, is one of those accents that people enjoy listening to, which is why there's so many call centres in the Yorkshire region. So, I can share. I'll tell you what I can share. I can share a few things, but the first thing I want to share is something that I didn't intend to share, but I may as well, because I made a video for LinkedIn and Facebook earlier today. What I can share is the fact that I, Richard McCann, have been given, I have had two free iPhone 8s sent to my address by mistake. Now, if that's not worth sharing, I don't know what is. The reason I've had these sent to me, and by the way, if you're interested, make me an offer and uh, the best offer will receive those iPhones. They are 64 gig rose gold iPhone 8s. The reason that I've got them is because last week I ordered two new iPhone 8s. One for my wife, who was due an upgrade, and one for my PA, Tracy, who was equally <laughs> deserving of an upgrade. So I got the phones last week. We got them. We transferred the SIM cards across, so I've got three Phones now, myself, my wife, some of my PAs, all on the same business account. Brilliant. And then, yesterday, we received two more phones. They've sent us two phones by mistake. I cannot believe it. I, I better Google how much an iPhone 8 is worth. Well, I won't even Google it because I've, I've gone offline. <laughs> I don't want any notifications to appear when I'm making this recording. But I've got two iPhones. I think they're worth £800 each. £1,600 in iPhones. I feel like I've won the lottery. Who would like a free iPhone? Who wouldn't like a free iPhone? Well, actually, I'd love a free iPhone. And despite my children saying to me, Daddy, Daddy, can I have one of those phones? That was I at age nine. What have we done, by the way, giving our children iPhones and iPads? It's costing us all a fortune. Of course, I won't be giving one of those iPhones to my children because I'm going to, as I wrote about in my I Can book many, many years ago, one of the chapters is do the right thing. Act as if you're on CCTV that somebody is always looking. Because, of course, it wouldn't be the right thing to to keep those iPhones because they're not mine. I do not own them. 
I was sharing, I was getting my haircut this morning from Josh at Ambassador, give him a plug, uh, Ambassador, the Ambassador Salon in the Merion Centre, he just set up on his own three weeks ago, the guy's doing fantastic, he's taking a leap of faith, if you're in Leeds and you like your hair cut, well, check out Josh, <laughs> I hope he listens to this, anyway, I was talking to him, and was he him I was talking to, anyway, I was with him this morning, I've got a gorgeous new haircut from him, but I was talking to him this morning, I'm, I'm doubting myself now. I was talking to somebody else or Josh today about having money sent into an account. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think who it might have been. Anyway, somebody in America was sent, I think something like $50,000 and she blew the money. And she got, she got prisoned, in prison for that. A bit like myself 22 years ago, in prison for dealing drugs. Silly old me, we all make mistakes. Need to learn by those mistakes. She was sent to prison because she spent the money and it was deemed like theft. And it would be the same if I kept those iPhones. I'd probably get caught anyway. It, nevertheless, whether I got caught or not is not the point. The point is, I've already spoken to them because they rang me as a courtesy call yesterday and said, uh, how's it going, Phones, line, phone lines working, etc." I said, yes, but uh, you do know you've sent me two extra phones and they didn't know, or this girl in particular didn't know, so we're now going to get them sent back. Now, what it reminds me of is that chapter in the ICANN book. I actually wrote about how I sat in my local car park near Oakwood, near where I live, and I was sat in the car, I can't remember what I was doing, probably ang Angry Birds. <laughs> It's that, it's that long ago. Anyway, a woman pulled into the car park alongside another car. She quickly opened the door and smack! She hit the car beside her, but she jumped out of the car and she ran off. I watched her. She ran down to the bank. I thought, wow, she just damaged that car. So, doing the right thing, I got out of my car. I wrote, in fact, before I got out of the car, I wrote down on a piece of paper the registration from the car, of the car, of the offender... I thought, I'll leave details on the windscreen of the damaged car. Anyway, as I'm walking over to the car, she quickly came back to her car, still rushing around. And, I, and she was like, well, looking at me, why I was looking at her car. I said, oh, you do know that you've uh, damaged her car, don't you? Oh, no, no, I don't. I said, yeah, yeah, when you opened your door, you, you whacked into it. Oh, and she, she said something like, well, it was damaged anyway, or, or people have done it to my car anyway. And I thought, that's shocking, absolutely shocking. That is not doing the right thing. But do you know what? In my, I'm almost 50 now. In my 50 years, I've not always done the right thing. Obviously, I ended up in prison 22 years ago, learned by that mistake. So that wasn't the good, the right thing to do. And how embarrassed am I now that my children have found out that their dad has been to prison for dealing drugs? How embarrassing. And I can't go to America. Didn't think that one through, did I? I can't go to America. English speakers do really well in America because they love the accent. I'm not sure about the Yorkshire accent, but anyway, so that's um, a price to pay that I didn't realise I'd have to pay. But but back before I even went to prison, when I was a young man, I, I did something even worse than the woman in the car park. I was reversing my car, it was a Volkswagen Golf, grey in colour, with a big black bumper at the front. And I, I tibbed, well I say tibbed, I'm trying to make myself out to be better than I am. I hit the car beside me, I knew I hit it. I didn't, I didn't see the damage, but I knew it because I, I saw the car shake. And you know what I did? I didn't do the right thing. I reversed out and I drove off. Three or four days later, I got a letter through the post from the police, a notice of intended prosecution, and somebody had reported what I'd done, seen my registration, and they came to pay me a visit, and actually I paid for that in the long run because I told them, because there was no damage to my car, big black bumper, and I said I never saw what I did. I, I actually lied. I, I'm putting my hands up now, I lied. 
Anyway, they took my insurance details and I never heard from them again. Fast forward, six years later, six years later, I got an email from the insurance company of the other gentleman to say that my insurer had not paid out, it had not been dealt with, and they'd maybe done some an audit trail and they'd find out they'd found out that I'd not paid for that damage. And by then I'd moved cars, I'd moved insurers, so I couldn't go back to my old insurance company. I had to pay that myself. I, I think it was something like seven hundred pounds for the repair of the door. So I I think quite rightly was penalised for that. It's about karma, isn't it? Or tell you what, I wasn't intending to share this with you, but I'm just thinking in the moment now. Here's a little karma story for you. 1994, just got my new house. I, I was in a bookmaker's in Leeds, W, what was it called? William Hill on the hedgerow. And I saw some money on the floor. It was the floor, it was £50. And there was a man who was stood on top of this money and I wasn't sure if it was his money. I didn't want, I didn't want to offer it to him because I thought he'd just say, oh yeah, it's mine. So I picked up the money slowly after he walked off and I walked out of the shop and I rang up my sister, Sonia, whose birthday it was yesterday, actually. And I said, Sonia, I've just found this money. She said, well, give it back to that guy. I said, yeah, but we don't know what it was his. Anyway, I got the bus home. I had a bus back then to my house, 1994. I went to bed. That night, it was Boxing Day. That night, I lived next door to a pub. There was after hours drinking. And I was in bed. I must have still been awake. Actually, I'm not sure if I was awake. But some young men from the village where I was living at the time came out of the pub drunk. Somebody picked up a... Next house to me, there was a derelict. It was a derelict house. And there was an old tin of paint. Somebody picked up this tin of paint and threw it at my front window and smashed it. I actually saw the person that did it. Funnily enough, I bumped into them recently and he gave me a big wave and I just stared at him because he doesn't know that I know it was him that did it. Anyway, the next day I phoned the insurance company and of course they would pay for the replacement window, but I had to pay the excess. The excess was £50. That's the £50 that I found the day before in the bookmakers, so I had to pay it back. So um, I didn't do the right thing there. So message of the day is do the right thing. Included in this particular segment, in the I Can Share, is I want to share something that's happened since podcast number two, the Joining the Dots episode where I spoke about Liam Critical Powers and, in particular, Johnny McGee. If you haven't listened to that, you need to go back then this will make more sense. But it was all about the synchronistic things that happened, the interference from loved ones through spirit, etc., electrical items. That's the kind of, I guess, theme of the day. And I, I concluded that particular segment last time with taking out a raffle ticket from a Tombola bucket on the M62 motorway and it being number 444. So because of all these things that I featured in podcast number two, which incidentally, the more astute of you might have noticed that the length of the podcast was 44 minutes 40. There's a triple four there. That was done intentionally, by the way. Well, because of all those things covered in episode two, what I did was I rang a friend of mine, a friend of mine, a successful entrepreneur in Leeds called, um, I've got his name there for a moment, uh, Terry George, Terry George. I should have made some notes. Terry George rang me over a year ago when I was on... BBC Radio Leads, talking about my latest book, Just a Man, which came out, fun enough, on the 4th of the 4th. So we are talking 15, 18 months ago. Now, the reason he called me is because he, he's got many businesses, but one of the businesses that he runs handles handles a number, a large number of mediums, spiritualist mediums and such like. Now, the reason he called me was because I was talking about some synchronistic spiritual type things that happened in my life, which are featured in the book. 
Now, when he called me over a year ago, I said, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe we should get together for a coffee. But we never did. Life and business gets in the way. But because of the synchronistic things that happened, which I fe- featured in episode number two of this podcast, I don't know. I got the hunch to call Terry George up. And I did. We arranged to meet a few days later. And we, he, he runs um, a bar in Leeds called Fiber. So we met at 2.30 because I was speaking in the morning. It's, honestly, this blew me away. We met at 2.30... We had a bar, I think I had a dandelion and burdock, and then he took me over the road to his business. Up to, I think it was the second or third floor, and he introduced me to the person, oh, I forget his name, might have been John, but the person that runs that side of his many businesses. And before we, and what I wanted to do was I just wanted to share with them the things that I that have been happening in relation to my journey, the fours, the double fours, and the triple fours, and the synchronistic miracles, I think, miracles that have been happening that I think have got a spiritual nature to them. Anyway, Terry George says, do you mind if I record this? Just because I don't like taking notes. Let me record it. So he takes out his phone. I said, yeah, record away. And opens up his iPhone, opens up the voice recorder, and he pressed record. And then I explained over the next 75 minutes all these incredible things that's been taking place. Absolutely blew him away. Because when you put them all together and share them in that way, it's like... Oh my gosh, you cannot doubt this. Something strange is going on. He finished the recording. Bearing in mind this was all about the fours, the triple fours, the 44s, the mum dying 44 years ago on the 44th week of the year. Peter Sutcliffe living at number 44. It being 444 miles from my house now to where my mum lived as a young girl up on the Isle of Skye. That's 444, 444 miles door to door. That's incredible. So I share all this with him. He ends the recording. And then he goes, oh my God, Richard, you're never going to guess what's happened. If you've got an iPhone, you'll know that if you do a recording at your home, it'll say your address, uh, one broad lane. It'll say broad lane number one for the first recording. If you do another recording, it will say broad lane number two, broad lane number three. So his said, Boutique Boulevard. It was only the 44th recording. Boutique Boulevard number 44, incredible. But then it got worse. Or was it better? Or it at least got even more mind-blowing because what he then shared was, or his shoulders, he started the recording at 1444. Three fours. What are the chances of that? Now, I know the cynics in the room will be saying, yeah, you're just looking for him. Well, I wasn't looking for 44. It just so happened that it was the 44th recording. He, didn't even, he did not even know that I would be even speaking about the number 44 or the triple four. He did not know what was to come. Yet he started the recording after our dandelion and burdock over at his bar at 1444. Not only that, it was for 75 minutes minus one hundredth of a second. You know what? It was 75 minutes. 75 was the year that mum died. 1975 on the 44th week of the year. Can you see how synchronistic, how, how incredible some of these things are? By the way, just at that moment there, it was 1444 on my voice recorder. Um, of course, this was will, will be edited with the music, so it'll be a little bit longer than that. Oh, that, that's just giving me goose pimples. Uh, there you go. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. I wanted to share that there is something going on that is far beyond our articulation, our explanation. Although I have to say that some people will have some thoughts on what all this is about. What I keep getting sent to me particularly when I share the fact that I've got this fascination with 44 and triple four even more, is people send me 
notifications or details of what it says on the internet about triple four, forty four, etc. And apparently it's all about the angels. And you'll recall from episode number two that when I spoke to Johnny McGee, his father's gravestone was plot number 44. His mum died after four days and four nights in the hospice and she died at 22.44, which is, if you had the two twos together, that's four. That's four, four, four again. Unbelievable. So because of that, because of that recording being number 44 and started at 14.44, I decided I can't, I simply cannot keep this to myself anymore. And I honestly believe that because it's the 44th year, the 44th anniversary this month, that I'll, so, so since we lost my mum, I thought, I, I, I feel as though the the um, the amount of times that it's happening, could have articulated this better, couldn't I? But the frequency, that's the word I'm looking for, speak for a living as well. Um, the frequency in which these fours are occurring is getting more and more and more intense. Even this morning when I went for my haircut, it was uh, the the city park uh, city park car park at the Marion Centre. I parked in at number three, uh, floor number three, but you've got to walk up to floor number four to get off. When I went into the lift, to get the lift, there's two lifts beside each other, and on each lift door, there is four, four on each door, so the stood in front of me before I got in the lift was four fours in a row. Four fours, that's even better than three fours. So, uh, in fact, my friend today, just in the last hour, Madeline Black, who's written a book called Unbroken, she just contacted me, coincidentally. Her book, when it was first written by her, was called 44 Bows. It's about the fact that she was um, raped by a number of young men when she was younger. And what what got her through this experience was counting the bows on the wallpaper around the room, and there was 44. What she, the reason she's contacted me today, she's been on Radio 2 this week, was it yesterday or the day before, talking about all these, and it's currently at 44 in the Amazon charts. Unbelievable. So we've got a special connection, and it's all about forgiveness, but the 44s are very, very prominent in her life, and they're happening all the time. So, because of all that, because of the intensity, frequency, I've decided that I'm going to share it at an event and I've been, I think, guided to share it at this event. So on the 30th of October, which will be the 44th anniversary to the day since we lost my mum, I'm going to share everything that I know over two and a half hours at an event called Believe. I've called it Believe because I firmly believe that these things, when they happen, these, let's call them glimpses, these little synchronistic things, in fact, once happened today. Once happened today, just before I go any further. Actually, my announcement at the end, my I can announce, I'll tell you about that at the end because that's been synchronistic as well. F- forgive me for jumping ahead of the gun there. I realise that I'm going to share, you, share that with you later. But anyway, all these strange things have been happening. So I'm on the 3rd of October, I'm sharing it. And it's called Believe because I firmly believe that when these things occur, they are evidence that the spirit of our loved ones, well, not only continues, but is trying to communicate with us in some way. Absolutely incredible collection. I think there's 300 slides and videos and audio recordings of these mind-blowing things. I say mind-blowing because they are. So last Saturday, sorry, a week last Saturday, because this is the first time that I'm going to share all this information in its entirety, I thought, 
I better trial it out with a group of people. So I put a thing on Facebook, a little announcement and LinkedIn saying, would anybody like to come along to my office for free just to experience this with, experience this with me to give me some feedback? Somebody, I'm not going to mention his name, I'm going to protect his identity, but somebody said, it was a cynic, it was even more cynical to hear me speak about some of these things. So I said, because you're a cynic, I think you should definitely come to this event. Actually, I doubted myself after that, but he did come in the end. <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name. He came and he sat through it. And I could see his uncomfortable kind of, um, demeanour as he sat through this, but as it all started unfolding, and I started off slowly just sharing my basic story, but when I started talking about these synchronistic, miraculous things, I could just see him be blown away, and he was like open mouth. he was dumbstruck. And at the end, he, he quite literally said, I feel like you've put a dynamite in my head, in my brain, and smashed apart whatever beliefs that I had. His beliefs were that when when we die, we die and that's it. But it absolutely isn't it. And, and I'd love to have you there. So if you'd like to attend, we've got over 100 people attending already. It's on the 3rd of October. It's at the Village Hotel South Leeds. And you can grab a ticket between now and the 7th of October at the early bird price of 14.44. And I'll even give you a tea or coffee when you arrive for an evening with myself and a few guests as well. We've got a guest speaker that's had some incredible things happen to her. So in amongst it all, just to break it up, we're going to have her share a little bit of her story uh, and maybe your story as well. So I'd love to have you along there. Tickets available. The early bird tickets are available till the 7th of October. It's www.believeevent.live. Okay, so I can speak. I can speak. That's obviously that's the brand that I give my presentation skills. There's always an I can in there somewhere. Although with the believe event, there's no I can. Maybe we should have called it I can believe, but it's actually believe is not about me and what I can do. It's really for the people that are going to attend. We've got some beautiful people, some people that have just recently been bereaved. It's about them. The Believe event, just to go back to that, it's all about giving people hope, giving people comfort, and it absolutely does that. The book where I write about these things, or at least some of these things, apart from the more recent ones, that gives people comfort alone. But to see some of the things that I speak about, some of the videos, or listen to some of the audio recordings that I believe is interference from our loved ones that have passed over, to see all that is just incredible. So it's going to be an incredible event. And I will be... I've got distracted there because this is meant to be the I can speak presentation skills oh yeah the fact is that's not gonna got an I can in it but this has so three presentation tips for you number one in fact let me tell you I was asked by I forget his name somebody on LinkedIn who was speaking to so school uh, school that I've spoken at a number of times I'll protect the person's identity but on LinkedIn he said oh I've got a presentation this evening can you give me some words of wisdom and I gave him a little bit of wisdom and my three words of wisdom to him and I'm going to share them with you and please forgive me if I've, if I've already shared them in one of the previous podcasts maybe I should start taking some notes I'll just make this up as I go along that's not true, you know but my three tips to him were first of all, make it conversational make it conversational now, this podcast I am not reading this podcast. I have got no notes in front of me. I have got no screen when I'm reading something. I am simply having a chat. That's what people like. They like a conversation. Now, if I read this out, I think I did I think I did make the similar point in, in podcast number one, so forgive me. It's just that I want to share the three tips I gave him, the three important tips I gave him. If, well, here, let me replicate that. If I was, in fact, I struggle to do it. I struggle to do it. 
I said, I gave him three tips. This was tip number one. That's not conversational, is it? That's me reading some words. One of my inspirations when I first started speaking, I won't say what it is because, once again, I'll protect the person's identity, but he's a great speaker, he's got a great story, but he read the entire presentation. I thought, that's just now it's done. I think I referred to Michael Bay, the film producer or director in, in episode number one or two. He read his auto cue and it failed him and he, and he crumbled. So my first one is to make it conversational. This was reinforced and confirmed by my son when he saw me speak at the Royal Armouries in Leeds a few years ago, three years ago, and he walking away to my car. He said, Dad, do they pay you for that? <laughs> Bless him. I said, yeah, they pay me for that. That's my job. He said, but you're just having a chat. I mean, he's absolutely right. I am just having a chat. I am just having a chat right now. I am imagining you in front of me, by the way. I'm imagining you sat there, just you on your own, as I'm talking to you right now. I'm not imagining a thousand people. I'm imagining you sat there in your car, actually, is what I'm imagining. You just listen to this through your earpods or whatever. And that's kind of what's affecting or influencing the way that I'm delivering this. So I'm just having a chat. So number one, make it conversational. And that's what I shared with him. Number two, it was the eye contact. One of the things that I think lets people down, or at least doesn't allow us as speakers to engage an audience, is that we don't give them eye contact. When I first started speaking back in 2005, I'll be honest with you, I didn't give eye contact. I've got a video that I took. I show this video at my I Can Speak boot camp, actually. I must tell you about them when it comes to <laughs> recommend. I'll, I'll mention them. I am making some notes now. Boot camps. I'll tell you about them later. But I mean, I can speak boot camp. I show a video of me in 2006. Somebody recorded it. It's shocking. And one of the reasons it's shocking, well, it wasn't conversational, but I wasn't looking at the audience. I was actually scared to look in the eyes of the audience. It takes a bit of courage. I tell you what, it took me courage to do that. And I think it's a common thing. Is Well, for me anyway, I thought that if I look in the eyes of the audience, I would be able to read their mind. And I would, or read their facial expressions at least, not their mind. And I would be able to tell that they disapprove of my presentation. So I thought, rather than go through that uncomfortable scenario, I'm not going to look at them. And you know, there are other speaker coaches out there, more than, there's thousands out there, probably millions. And some of them say, look over there, look over their heads, look at the back of the room, or look at their foreheads. I just don't think that's, that's the kind of connection that we need. One of the things that I talk about at my boot camp is you want your audience to think, do you know what? I felt like she was talking to me, or I felt like he was talking to me, and they'll get that, they'll feel that when you connect with them for a few seconds before you move on to the next person. I'm actually moving around now, so I'm looking at the right now for a few seconds, finish that sentence, and move over to the left for a few seconds, move over to the right for a few seconds, and then down the middle for a few seconds. It takes a few seconds to connect, to lock on, feel that connection, then move on. So, number one is make it conversational. Number two is give eye contact. Listen, I better share something else about eye contact. I won't say who this person is either. I'll protect their identity. But let's just say his name's Jim. Jim contacted me. I was coaching Jim. And he contacted me. He wasn't quite in tears, but he was upset. He left a voice message and said, would I ring him back? I called him back. He was disturbed. I said, what, what's happened? It was at an event. And... Well, I say it was at an event. It was outside the event. The event was over. He'd been speaking there within his industry. Now, his hero had spoken before him. And what he wanted to do was, when he went on stage, he wanted to impress the hero in the industry, in that sector. But he told me that when he got on stage, the hero went to pieces. Sorry, he went to pieces because the hero took out their iPad. Didn't even look at him. 
And I thought, well, that's what upset him. And I said, well, Andy, he said, well, I, I was flustered. I was like dry mouthed. I was like thinking about him and thinking that he didn't approve of my, com- my uh, content. I said, hang on a minute. You have no idea what was going on for that person, the other person that is. So for all we know, as was as was the case for me back in 2014, I got the news that my father had passed away. I was in London. This was like 6 p.m. on the Monday. On the Tuesday, I was given a presentation in London, so I didn't come home and I gave a presentation. It would have been appropriate for me, after I'd given a presentation, to, scan my, to take out my iPad and respond to the family members who were contacting me. But what we tend to do, I know I've done it, is we think we can read their minds, we know what's going on for them, so yes, give eye contact. But if somebody's not giving you eye contact, they get out the iPhone, whatever, don't take it personally. Who knows what's going on for them? I was once, I say this because I've learned the hard way, I was once at the 2007, at the start of my career, Federation of Small Businesses, or the FSB in Huddersfield. I was given a presentation and I looked at this woman and she looked away. You know, I knew about eye contact. I've been told about eye contact, so I thought I'll try it out. And I was looking at it and she looked away. I thought, oh, she hates it. She disapproves. But I persevered through my presentation. Like my coachee, I was getting dry mouth, my heart dry mouth, my heart was beating like mad, I hated it, but I got through it, kept looking at her, she looked away again. When I got to the end of the presentation to do a book signing, she was the first in the queue, and she said to me, this taught me so much, she said to me, that's the most inspirational thing I've ever heard. I thought, you what? You looked away? I thought you hated it. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? So my point is, yes, give eye contact. If they look away, don't take it personally. If they take out the phone, don't take that personally either. In fact, if someone gets up and walks out, don't take that personally. That could be a text from the school saying the daughter's fallen over and broke the wrist, broke their ankle, whatever, and the hospital and they're needed. But I actually look for them now. When I see people get up and walk out, I thought, all right, they've got something going on. Poor them. So uh, eye contact. And the third tip when it comes to presentations, the tip that I gave this person on LinkedIn the other day was use vocal variety. Sorry, I actually said, let's have some passion. So this is me speaking without passion, and I don't think I'd like to speak like this, although I think I spoke like this when I first started, and it's a little bit monotone, there's no vocal variety, and that's got a tendency to send people to sleep. Third out of my three is to speak with a bit of passion. So I'm spe- I'm projecting my voice here. I'm speaking with a bit of passion. And sometimes that gets the better of me because I speak too quick like I'm doing right now. So make sure when speaking with passion, deploying that vocal variety, that we don't get carried away. As I sometimes do. I actually think it's my Achilles heel. My coach tells me, I've got a coach. Have you got a coach? It's good to have a coach. My coach tells me that I speak too quickly. Still, after nearly 15 years as a speaker, so I need to slow down, but I do know about vocal variety, and I do know about passion, and really injecting that into your presentations. Now, of course, if you're softly spoken, that might not work for you, but it can still increase the volume a little bit. You can At least you can project a little bit of, you know, emphasising certain words, and, and just showing that you're really passionate about your subject, or your product, or your service, or the initiative, or the raising money for charity, or whatever it is you're trying to do. I'm doing this with passion, by the way. Whatever it is you're trying to do, spoken with passion. Can you see how it works there? So, number one, sorry, number one is make it conversational. Number two is give eye contact, but watch out when you look away. And number three is speak with passion. (laughs) Too loud, that wasn't it. 
I've got an office next door. There's a dance school next door. They're going to think I'm crazy. So there's me I Can Speak segment today. And now I have got my I Can Announce. So I almost gave this away earlier because I was going to say something synchronistic happened today. I've been trying to confirm. I've been trying to encourage. I've been trying to get somebody to agree to speak at my next ICANN Live event next April, coincidentally on the 4th of the 4th. That's not an accident, it's intentional. So ICANN Live, full day of speakers with a firewalk, including myself, just a great day of motivation. Now, the person in question, I spoke to Tracy Mappay earlier today, so it looks like she's not doing it. It looks like she's um, changed her mind. No problem, maybe next year, or maybe the next event after the one we've got coming up in April. Within an hour, this person, and I've not heard from her for a couple of months, texts me to say, I'm in. And her name, now if you don't watch Strictly Come Dancing, this name will probably mean nothing to you. Her name, so my I can announcement is, the final speaker, the closing speaker, the headline speaker, spoken with passion, in a conversational way, is Natalie Lowe of Strictly Come Dancing. Dancing. She is an incredible individual. She's an incredible dancer. I've actually danced with her, by the way, at my Gravitas speaker retreat. She's, but she's got an incredible story. Way beyond, beyond her story at or a story or a success on Strictly Come Dancing. She's got an incredible honestly, she she, she 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 doesn't know how good she is. She's I'm not just saying this, she's bloody brilliant, and I shouldn't swear, but I just did. Sorry, forgive me. It was only a soft swear word. Is, that, is there such a thing? She is bloody brilliant. And uh, she's my closing speaker. And it's just, just well, I'm just so pleased that, well, pleased for the audience, but pleased that she's agreed to do it. Because if you attend, she'll blow you away. Brilliant story. So that's my announcement. Was there anything else? Okay, yeah, further announcements. Uh, just to finish off, and oh, we're on 33 minutes, not 44. Just my 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 uh, my public speaking events. I've got, I can speak. We're nearly, nearly at the end of the year now. We've got the I Can Speak in Leeds on the 29th of October. I should have done London first, shouldn't I? I Can Speak in London on the 25th of November and I Can Speak in Leeds. These are my one-day events on the 29th of November. And then that will be it for my events this year. We have got a Gravitas on the 24th, 25th, 26th of January. Still got four spaces left. That's a three-day retreat. If you're interested in that, take a look at gravitasretreat.com. Presentation skills, check out icanspeak.co.uk. The Believe event is believeevent.live. And I think, um, I might as well mention the Icon Live, the tickets. And we haven't even put Natalie Lowe's details on the website yet because she just confirmed it in the last 44 minutes. But those tickets can be obtained at icanlive.co.uk. We've got a full lineup of speakers. In, in fact, shall I tell you the lineup of speakers? No, we haven't got time. Listen, it's not until April, so we've got six months yet. But uh, Natalie Lowe will be closing the event. We've got a firewalk there. It was incredible last year to have people finding that courage to walk over those hot coals, including all of my children, I might add, spoken again with a bit of passion. And I'd love to see you there. That's iconlive.co.uk. Tell you what, I should set up an events company. I'm doing that many. And I think that's a wrap for today. I've loved, I've loved sharing this with you. I'm just getting my head around this new dynamic of having a podcast. So I've only done two. I'm on my third one now. This is my third. But I'd love you to subscribe or share it. Do what you need to do. And I'll hopefully cross paths with you at some point very soon. Oh, one final thing to say. Just a little bit of news here. Don't know where you live. But yesterday, 1st of October, we, or I, started the, started my 444 book 
giveaway, this just a man, this book that's full of spirituality and comfort for those that have lost somebody. I've been, I'm, I intend to give 444 books away. Yesterday, I started in Manchester, I gave away 44 books. It was beautiful, honestly. Some I just dropped in random places, some I handed to people, including this beautiful homeless young lady who shared her story with me and I offered her a book and she said, I'd love to take a book off you and I'm doing it again tomorrow in Wakefield. So we'll look out for me. I think I'm doing it in Coventry on Sunday. Newcastle's the 21st of October and a few places in between, including Edinburgh, probably on the 21st in the morning. And then later when I get to Newcastle in the afternoon, I'll do it in Newcastle. And it's just in memory of my mum, who died 44 weeks ago, 44 years ago, sorry, on the 44th week of the year. And I'm giving 444 books away in her memory. I think that definitely is a wrap now. Thanks for tuning in and look out for the next episode when it arrives at some point. Bye.